ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASIAL Security Insider podcast and we are speaking once again with Chris Delaney, Industrial Relations Manager uh, for ASIAL. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Now, every year at this time of year, I always have a minor freak out because we're one day past uh, the 31st of October being Halloween and already we're seeing Christmas decorations up in stores, we're getting... Christmas foods, mince pies, all sorts of crazy things. It's, it's only a matter of days, surely, until they start playing Christmas carols. Um, I guess which begs the question, you know, it's coming up to that festive time of year where we're talking about Christmas parties and, you know, public holidays and leave requirements and all the rest of it. So what should employers be thinking about right now? Yeah. Well, you know, Halloween's probably a good lead into Christmas for employers this year. It's going to be a bit scary. I think there are three sort of big ticket items that they need to be worried about at the moment. Um, how to deal with public holidays is one. Changes to laws about close downs over the Christmas period and close downs generally. Uh, and the staff Christmas party or the end of year party, um, which is always a horror but there are some extra bits in it this year that's probably going to make it a little bit more difficult. Yep. Okay, well then let's start by looking at public holidays. What do employers need to know? Okay, so uh, the first thing that they need to know about public holidays is that they you cannot force an employee to work on a public holiday. So you've got to give the employee an option. Uh, recent decisions of industrial tribunals have talked about requesting an employee, so it can't be a direction. So can't just post the roster and expect the employee to turn up on the day. Employers are going to have to discuss with an employee uh, any of the reasons why they might refuse to uh, 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 to work on a, on a public holiday, and they'll have to make any arrangements if the refusal is reasonable. And the arrangement might be to roster them on another day or to roster somebody else to work on that public holiday. Now, when deciding what's reasonable, um, eventually it'll be the Fair Work Commission who does that. But employers need to consider things like the nature of the workplace, the role and the type of work that the employee performs the employee's personal circumstances, including carer's responsibilities and those sorts of things. Uh, if the employee is full-time, part-time or casual, uh, if there's a real expectation that somebody might be asked to work on a public holiday. Now, these things will come into awards, the type of workplace it is, uh, whether it's shift work or not, what the contract of employment says, and, and it'll go on to things like uh, any overtime or penalty rates that are paid, uh, other payments that might the employee might receive for being on a, working on a public holiday, how much notice the employee gets that they're going to be expected to work on that public holiday. So you know, generally if you've got an eight-week roster cycle, for instance, the employee is going to know eight weeks in advance roughly that they're, they're going to work on a public holiday. Okay. So they're the, things, they're the things that they're going to take into consideration. Now, the other thing that we need to know is that Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Day, they're the ordinary public holidays. But in some states and territories, 
we've got Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve as part day public holidays. So employers need to check. They can check the ASIL website for that. Um, and they'll need to know that they're going to pay double time and a half on those days that, that are deemed to be public holidays. Okay. I'm, I'm confused here though, because I thought the whole point of a roster was that the, you are giving employees notice of the days that they are rostered on. I mean, if you're saying you can't just roster people on for public holidays, let's say I'm a small security company with only 10 employees and it just so happens that no one wants to work on Christmas Day, yet I'm contracted to supply services to clients on Christmas Day. What do I do? Well, I think the first thing you do is ring me up. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the that, that's the glib answer to that, and it'll it and, and I'll be able to help you understand what's reasonable. Now, reasonable is a horrible word in industrial relations because what's reasonable to you might not be reasonable to me, and so on. But there's got to be some common sense in there, and there's got to be some realism. You know, if you've worked every Christmas day for the last ten years, and you've got little kids or something, it might be unreasonable to ask you to work Christmas Day, right? But if it's a very small business and only a couple of employees, the expectation should be that you will work Christmas Day. But the important part about all of that is talking to your employees well in advance and try to sort it out well in advance. So I wouldn't be waiting until two days past Halloween <laughs> to be to be thinking about this. I'd be doing it right now and so starting to think about, well, what am, what problems can I face with this over Christmas? Right. So I, I guess the key there is then, you know, don't walk in a week before Christmas and go, you know what, Jim, you annoyed me last week, so you're working Christmas Day. Yeah, and, and, and don't just set the roster and sit back and hope to God that everything works out all right. Talk to your employees. Okay. A lot easier to do when you've got two. If you've got 6,000, might be a little bit more difficult. Yep. Okay, so other than penalty rates, the, the big issue about requesting or not directing employees to work on a public holiday, uh, well, actually, is, sorry, have we... Have we covered penalty rates? Because if if we're saying you can't direct people to work on a public holiday, you have to request them to, what what does that have to do with penalty rates? Okay, well, if the employee works on a public holiday, under the security award, they're going to get double time and a half. In fact, under any award, they're going to get double time and a half for working on that day. Right? So an award-related employee, double time and a half if they work on that day. If they're would ordinarily work on that day, but you don't want them to work. Maybe your client's closed down as well or something like that. They don't work, but they get paid the ordinary hours of work that they would have worked on that day at ordinary time, no penalties. Right. Right. If they were never rostered to work on that day or expected to work on that day, it's not their normal day of work. They're a part-time employee and they don't ever work, you know, this Monday or that Friday or whatever it might be, they get nothing. Right. So simply stated, 
if you work, double time and a half. If you should have worked but you don't have to work, single time. If you were not rostered to work and never would have worked on that public holiday, nothing. Right. Okay. Well, that that seems reasonably transparent on the surface. Um, so if we've having covered off on the on the penalty rate side of things and the fact that you can't request or du- you have to request you can't direct people to to work on a public holiday what else do we need to know about closed downs okay so in the past what we've been able to do is tell employees at least a month in advance that there's going to be a closed down over over a particular period of time it's usually a couple of weeks usually between Christmas and New Year. In other industries, they have closed downs for maintenance work on factories and so on, but usually Christmas time, two weeks. One month's notice, if you've got enough leave accrual to cover it, you get paid for leave. If you haven't got enough leave to cover it, you don't get paid for leave. That's changed. Okay. On the 1st of May, 2023, if you were a person employed under an award, you had to uh, get different notice requirements. And again, your employer could not force you to take leave over that period without pay. So the modern awards that have changed are security, clerks, cleaning, electrical, electronic award, and manufacturing. They're the ones that affect our industry the most. But there are 78 awards all up that, that, that were changed. Now, really, again, it expects employers to talk to employees if they haven't got sufficient leave accrual, um, perhaps agree to pay them in advance for the period of time that they're off, um, and give them the choice to take unpaid leave. It's a choice. Now, how this is going to roll out this Christmas, God only knows. The The current federal government have made sweeping changes to industrial laws, and there are more to come, and this one has not yet been tested. So, but the awards have changed, and if you're an award-covered employee, you have a choice as to whether you take unpaid leave or not over that close-down period if you have insufficient leave. Now, what happens if you don't and you say, no, I'm not going to be in the close-down? <laughs> I am just not sure what the employer is going to do. If they've got no work to provide them with through no fault of their own, it may very well be that we, we start to look at stand-down provisions but it's a dog's breakfast, quite frankly, John. And I wish I could give people a better understanding of that. What I'm reasonably happy about is that most employers in the um, protective services side of our industry are going to work. Most employers are going to work. They don't close down. In the electronic side, there's sometimes a bit of a uh, close down. Construction sites are not working, you know, those sorts of things. So it's going to be a bit of a wait and see, but we need to know that 
much of this legislation that's coming through is all about discussing these issues with employees and reaching agreement. And when I say discussing issues with employees, this means recording, documenting what what you've said and what they've said and you know putting it into evidence and giving employees written advice as to what you want them to do. Okay, it seems like you're going to be a very, very busy person over the next few months because I can't understand for the life of me how this is going to work. Because if Billy Bloggs has gone off on a four-week fishing trip in June and then, as you've pointed out, the employer is shutting down for two weeks over Christmas and the employer says, well, Billy, we're shut, there's no work. And he's like, well, I'm going to work, so have at it. I just don't see how that's going to pan out. Yeah, look, um, I suppose if the employer knows pretty much that they shut down every year, I would expect that that would be in the contract of employment. If they know that Billy's going to go on his four-week fishing trip, then they probably should have a conversation with Billy at that point in time about what's going to happen at Christmas. Hey, Billy, you know? Great fishing trip. Bring me back some trout or whatever you're going to catch. Yeah. Barramundi. Um, but realise that we're going to close down for two weeks between Christmas and New Year. And if you don't have any leave, what are we going to do about it, mate? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be. Yep. Uh, day. It's it's going to be interesting. Um. So, employees. N- I guess the the next big one sort of on the on the cards is it's coming up to Christmas party time. Everyone loves a good Christmas party. Uh, but surely there are some, yeah, with all these changes that are going on, there's surely there's stuff in there that we need to be aware of around Christmas parties and what you can and can't reasonably do, what employers' obligations are, because this is something that seems to come up year on year on year about what are an employer's responsibilities around safety and, you know, all the other stuff that goes on with Christmas parties? Yeah, look, um, I'm, I'm not going to be the Grinch that ruins Christmas <laughs> uh, if I can avoid it. Uh, but there's not a lot of change really about Christmas parties. We've always known that a Christmas party, whether it's off-site or on-site, is the workplace. So whatever happens at the Christmas party is happening at work. So when you're planning that Christmas party uh, and you want to really have a good celebration, you need to do a lot of work in the background. You need to identify and minimise any of the potential legal problems that might exist. Now, underpinning this is the fact that, again, this uh, the, the current federal government has, uh, has initiated laws about a positive responsibility for employers to ensure or mitigate any opportunities for sexual harassment. Now, obviously, that's not the only thing that's going to happen at a Christmas party. It does happen, unfortunately. You fill people up with a bit of grog and, you know, they do silly things. So 
what employers need to be very conscious of is that they have a positive responsibility. So they they really need to start to think about what they do to avoid those problems. Now, before the Christmas party, the the employers should start to become proactive. Send an email or remind staff of policies on harassment, workers, work health and safety, and other behavioural responsibilities that uh, that might exist. If you're doing a secret Santa or Kris Kringle or whatever you like to call it, it should make sure that the the types of gifts that people are going to send should not be offensive or or sexual in nature. Right? We should remind staff. We should remind staff that um, that anything that they take and post on social media, you know, they've got their mobile phone with them, we've got TikTok, we've got all sorts of stuff these days. Whatever goes into social media will probably stay there and we should be reminding people of their, their responsibility through company policy that nothing is to be used in a derogatory way or to disparage or embarrass the company or its employees or its clients if, if they're at the party as well. So photos loaded on social media, comments made on social media. Just remember, once it's there, it's not. There's no going back. Still before the Christmas party, right in the planning, designate a manager or a supervisor to be the one who doesn't drink on the night or who stays sober on the night in order to monitor the party and to ensure that the, any issues are promptly and properly addressed, right? So make sure you've got somebody there who understands responsible service of alcohol, for instance. Yep. Think about travel arrangements and try ending the party, you know, before public transport stops so that you've got able to get people home or provide phone numbers for local cab companies or Uber or taxi vouchers if those things still exist and encourage staff to use them. So get your staff home safely. And that way they might go straight home instead of kicking on somewhere else. Yep. Get Make sure you've got a dress code for the party that keeps things professional. Uh, you know, if you've got a theme going or something like that, just make sure that people aren't going to get silly with what they're wearing or almost wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ensure the employee come that, that when an employee comes to sharing those photos that I talked about before, uh, that that there's not an image there that might potentially embarrass the employee. You know, that always happens. The, the, you know we hear about it all the time on social media. I can't say it enough. Just be very careful of those things. Yeah. Advise staff that any private arrangements they make between themselves for what. Is going to happen after the party, right? Doesn't form part of the party, and make sure that advice goes out in writing. Yeah, employees bear their own risks when attending non-official events, and they need to understand that. Yeah, and check any of your insurance policies to make sure your party is covered. Yeah, so that's what you do beforehand. So you're setting the stage and making sure that yeah, everybody can have a good time, but. They know what the rules are. Yeah. Okay. Now, 
I was just going to ask if you, and this is a question you may not be able to answer because, again, for anyone listening to this, none of this should be taken as legal advice or otherwise. You need to go out and get specific legal advice. But, you know, if you put all of this in writing and send it to all of your staff, that still doesn't necessarily mean that you're covered against people doing the wrong thing, though, does it? They still have to abide by the rules. No, no. I mean, you, yeah. you, you're always responsible, but you mitigate some of the responsibility by showing at some point in time, if it's absolutely essential, showing authorities that you've actually tried to do the right thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and look, you know, some of these things that we expect employees to do or not to do uh, uh, will encourage a lot of people to behave themselves. Yep. You're never going to discourage the complete idiot. Yep. But you might be able to exercise some control over that. And do you think it's worth doing things, for example, like if you you mentioned before the secret Santa or whatever it may be, if you're going to have a secret Santa, maybe direct everyone that they have to hand their gift in to the CEO or the managing director's office or the operation manager's office by X date and they will be wrapped by someone in the organisation and put under the tree so you're not getting any horrendous surprises on the day? Yeah, look, I've, I've never come across that. Uh, I suppose you could do that if you wanted to. Um, it might not be so secret after a while, but um, well, you know, you might have the 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 MD the MD's assistant wrap all the gifts on the night before or something, just so that you don't get odd objects turning up the next day. Yeah, look, I, I must admit, I've never heard of any odd odd objects turning up. Yep, uh, I've heard of people getting uh, getting alcohol as a, a gift uh, yep. and they're an alcoholic or they're uh, or they don't drink yep. but i haven't heard of uh, i haven't heard of any of those other issues okay uh, look so you know when we get to the christmas party uh, we we should be sticking to a start and finish time for the function but employees know that after party activities uh, are not endorsed or encouraged if you're serving alcohol responsible service of alcohol bar staff should be there they should be trained. Uh, instruct them to limit the amount of alcohol that's sent. Uh, if you, you you know you've you've organised a responsible manager to monitor employ, monitor employees and you make sure that happens. You make sure that young or vulnerable people are protected from unacceptable behaviour. So, you know, th- there may be the sleazy old bloke there that wants to perv on people, or there might be the the young guy who's uh, who wants to to well to do whatever he wants to do, and you you know you know though who those people are, you should be making sure that you rein them in and don't give them the opportunity to do the things that they uh, they might choose to do. Um, make sure that there's plenty of food, water, low alcohol, um, because uh, non-alcohol drinks. Um, so that you know, people don't overindulge. Yeah, discourage drinking games and those sorts of idiot things that people get into. You know, doing shots and stuff like that. Yep. So they're the sorts of things that you're going to do at the Christmas party, and you're going to wind it up at the right time and get everybody out of the place, whether it's at work 
or at a, at a function place. Yep. So, and after the party, it's the minibus or the cab charge or the Uber or whatever you, 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 you're doing. Um, and if somebody's had too much to drink uh, or it's too late at night and they need to drive or operate some machinery the next day, for instance, either give them time off, time off the next day, take their car keys off them, do whatever you can to uh, protect them from themselves. And if you can do all of that, maybe you can have a good time. Yep. So a couple of quick questions around that, because these are the sorts of things that come up each year. Um, is there a legal responsibility or, you know, a responsibility on the employer to get people home from the Christmas party. So, for example, if we're, you know, having a function in the city, um, am I responsible as the employer to get people home from that function? Do I have to provide Ubers or taxi vouchers or, or what's the go there? It's a fine line of legality. It really depends on what goes wrong, quite frankly. Yep. Um, so... I, I would be providing Ubers or taxis or, or you know, minibuses or whatever it might be if you can drop three or four people off in the one place or a designated driver um, yep. if you've got them. So I'd be doing that if I could um, because if something goes wrong, it's like everything else in this world, unfortunately, nowadays, uh, you're going to be sued by somebody. Yep. And... Uh, and we don't we but we the the first choice should be not to put somebody in a situation where they could injure themselves or others yeah and does that extend to if i've and you may not be able to answer this question so if you can't that's fine but let's say we've rounded everyone up and we've put them on a minibus and we've taken them back to the office is it then their responsibility how they get home from that point or is that still my responsibility I wouldn't be I wouldn't be rounding them up and taking them back to the office. I'd be getting them home. Right. Okay. Now the the second part to this is, you know, let's say we've gone to our function in the city at whatever bar it may be or whatever restaurant, and it's now ten o'clock and the Christmas party is officially over. If I've said in the email the Christmas party will wrap up at 10, do I or one of the senior managers or someone within the organisation need to stand up and officially say the Christmas party is now officially over? Whatever you do from this point onwards is not considered part of our Christmas party. And does that actually stand up? Is that enough? Will that work? Well, yes, you should do that. Um, but coupled with all of the other things that we talked about, the, the cab charge, the minibus, whatever, the Uber, whatever it might be, uh, you're making that available to people. If they choose then not to take it and kick on somewhere else, then you've got a good argument to say that you have did everything you possibly could and work finished at that point in time. Right. Remember, it's a workplace, so work finished at that point in time. Okay. And you mentioned that we should have a responsible person from the organisation, you know, overseeing and monitoring what's going on. Does that necessarily have to be someone from the organisation? Or if I wanted to, could I, I, sorry, could I hire a, a security guard 
to be that representative for the organisation whose sole purpose for that evening is to come along and make sure no one gets handsy, make sure no one takes too much alcohol, make sure people are getting safely out to a taxi out the front where we've designated the area to leave, or does that have to be an organisation member? Well, you, you certainly could hire a security guard to do some of those things. But I would expect that you'd have somebody in the organisation in a in a supervisory or a managerial position who would uh, accept that responsibility because, remember, it's work. Yep. Uh, and you take a direction from your employer to stop drinking or, or the employer uh, supervisor tells the barman to stop, to stop uh, you know, serving shots or whatever it might be, um, I, I would expect somebody from the organisation to take that responsibility. Yep. It's a, there's a lot to think about when it comes to holding Christmas parties. It's not as simple as uh, getting everyone together, filling them full of food and booze, and then hoping you'll see them again on the other side of the Christmas holidays. Absolutely. Buy a hamper. <laughs> oh, dear. That's a, that's a lot easier. Yep, for sure. Is there is there anything else that you think people need to be mindful of or that commonly comes up around these issues each year? Uh, in terms of the Christmas party or just yep. generally? In the terms of the Christmas party, but then in general as a whole. Look, I think we've covered the Christmas party pretty well. Uh, and and, and, and I, I guess the other thing to remember is that Christmas is a religious festival, uh, and it may not be uh, you know, politically correct to call it Christmas these days. And re- remember, we've got we've got people who were gluten free, and people who are who are vegetarian, and pe- people who have different tastes, and so on, and people who may be offended by the idea of Christmas. So we should be we should recognise that. And be be willing to call it an end of year party or a company party, whatever you want to do with it. But remember the the differences that we have, and uh, in our workplace, and respect those differences. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an important point: is to recognise that you know maybe it's just a a work party, a festive holiday work party, end of year, end yep. of year party. Fantastic. Well, Chris, if people want to know more or have questions regarding any of this, how do they find you? Well, we've got a fair bit of this stuff up on the website at the moment, um, and uh, but they can always contact me at uh, ir at azil.com.au or on my mobile number, which, which they'll get from Azil, uh, and uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions that they have. Yeah. And again, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, you know, we're, we're into November now. You've got literally less than two months to get a lot of this stuff in place. So whether it comes to, uh, you know, public holidays or leave at the end of the year or shutdowns or Christmas parties, you need to get your skates on and be dealing with this stuff now if you haven't started already. Chris, thanks again for your time and we look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast. Yeah, well, have a nice Christmas. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more like this one in the ASIAL Security Insider series. You can find them on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, 
the Google Play Store and all the other great places that you can find amazing podcasts. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.